Inquisitive episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I have lost about 145 pounds. Wow. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And I have lost about 100 pounds. And together we are We Only Look Thin. We are. And uh, we are very famous. Oh my goodness, we are yes. So, we are tastemakers. We are influencers. And uh, I think in my own head we I are. I know. Uh, but uh, I can barely go out right now because of how famous we are. <laughs> it could also be the global pandemic that's happening. Oh, yeah. No, that's that might it. be the actual reason yeah. I can't go out. Uh, uh, but we get mobbed by fans wherever we go. We do. Actually, well, we one person yeah. greeted us in public we saying they knew stopped on the street one time. who we were. So, yeah. uh, so thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but we did uh, a Reddit AMA on the r slash lose it group uh, about two weeks ago now. And uh, it was great. Yeah. And we would like to first thank Bridget, the uh, one of the admin for the r lose it group, who asked us back for a second time. I know. I thought maybe after the first they had had enough, but they did not have enough. No, you can't get enough of We Only Look Thin. Can't can stop, you? won't stop. Exactly. You know what? I think the... When she asked us to do the AMA, which is the Ask Me Anything, uh, I the before we actually did it, I imagined people would ask us really salacious questions. Like I was like, "Ooh, ask us anything! Like, what's it gonna be? Like, how yeah. many times have you gone to jail? Like, I just yeah, imagined yeah. some like really dark questions, and then it was like." What was, kind of snacks do you like? Yeah, it tur- <laughs> turned out it was all about weight loss and managing it and uh, keeping it off and hitting goal weights. I don't know why I went to such a like, you know, have you ever murdered? Like, yeah. well, maybe a hoagie. But no, it's not-, not It's not a game of never have I ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not truth or dare. It's no. just, you know, actual questions that might fit our roundhouse or our wheelhouse. Wheelhouse, wheelhouse. yes, our, our round roundhouse. wheelhouse. Our wheelhouse happens to be round, but uh, yes. Roundhousing is when you kick something. Yes, no, and you're very good at it. <laughs> yeah, I like to think I do roundhousing well, but I really no, don't. No, you, you roundhouse kick and the wind like knocks me backwards. And... I've played too much uh, Street Fighter games or something like that, because I just imagine that I roundhouse and scissor kick a lot, but I don't. I mostly just walk places. <laughs> yeah, mostly. Mostly. Um, but uh, we are going to do, I don't know how many of these we're going to do, but we're going to start this week and see how it goes. Uh, we're going to try and re-answer some of the questions that we answered on the Reddit AMA, because for a couple of reasons. We know not everybody uh, is going to go there and read it. Uh, two, we can be much more in-depth on the podcast than we can uh, you know, typing. First of all, it's a lot easier just to talk than it is to uh, type things out. And then also, um, even though we have done episodes on these topics before, we, you know, I sometimes forget, uh, I think we sometimes forget that people haven't listened to every episode. And also, it's really nice to have like a refresher course a lot yeah. of times. You know, I like to remind myself, you know, I was thinking recently, I really should reread Atomic Habits. You know, I felt like when I first read it, it was all fresh and I was yeah. following it. And, and you know, but it's been a while. I don't remember exactly how long, but, you know, a year and a half or something since I read it. And I feel like, you know, a lot of it is sort of fading away and I should get back to it. Well, as we were preparing to do this podcast, we did the AMA very recently and I was looking back at our answers. I was like, that's a very good answer. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forget so much. So it's really great for us to have refreshers. And honestly, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast is to stay present in our ideas and I, our perspective on things. Because Donald and I have different 
perspectives and insights, which is why we're here with you today. So. Yes, indeed. I have incorrect precise, <laughs> precise insights and perspectives. Wow, I made like a new word. Your insights and perspectives are your precise. <laughs> um, and uh, Catherine has the right ones. Uh, but uh, all right, let's get to it. We have a question. The first question came from, and I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation of this username, but I'm going to say it's Blurbingify. Um, uh, I thought it was Blurbingify, like it, Bing. It, like... it could be Blurbingify. It could also be Blurbing-iffy. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, she asks, she says, I'm so excited for this AMA. Yes, that is correct. Are you sure it's a woman? No. Okay. Um, them. Them. They. They. They've lost 40 pounds. 40 Congratulations. Pounds. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, I only just discovered your podcast this week, and since I've binged like 15 episodes, a mix of old and new, uh, and since then, I've binged 15 episodes, a mix of old and new. The Treats Come Out at Night is a godsend, and I'm experimenting with that advice on that right now. Yes. So that was a recent episode that we did. Uh, My question is, have you guys noticed any changes with your hard-to-moderate snacks over the years? Has the self-control approved for some, or are you still in the only buy the snack size or even never buy of some of your favorites? And uh, the... Answer is yes. <laughs> um, no, I think that, um, you know, things have changed over the years, but um, pretty much it's the same. Um, some exceptions are, you know, back when I first started five years ago, I felt like I could not moderate uh, Coca-Cola. That's always been a real hard one for me. And I used to drink, I was somebody who drank like six to 12, you know, cans of Coca-Cola Seriously? every day. Like every day. And for a long time, when I first got the diabetes diagnosis, I cut out all sugar and I was really afraid to bring Coca-Cola back into my life. But uh, a few years ago on the Super Bowl, I decided to, you know, see how it would go if I had one. And it turned out it was fine. I was shocked when I opened the cupboard and saw the bottles of Coca-Cola. I was very nervous for us as a family, uh, wondering if he would be able to moderate. But he said, you know, I'm going to give it a try. And he gave it a try, and it turned out okay. Yeah, and I still don't do it that often. I don't. You wanna... don't do Coca Cola. Yeah, right. I I don't want to make it a real super regular part of my life because I am still a little bit afraid of going down that slippery slope of like you know one a month becomes one a week becomes you know two a week becomes every night and. I don't want to do that, so I really try and stick to special occasions with it, mostly um, holiday or a birthday or, you know, Super Bowl or something like that. And um, so I do moderate it that way, but I have managed to, you know, keep it under control now for three years. Well, and I think the biggest thing in this part of our weight loss journey has been to not go back to those old, well, I'm a thin person now and I can dot, dot, dot. Because previously we would have said, okay, we're cutting out Coca-Cola altogether. And then we're thin magically, which is a destination. And then it's like, oh, well, I can have Coca-Cola now. Thin people have Coca-Cola. I see them drinking it. And then it becomes one a day and then two a day. And then suddenly, which has happened before, we go back and we gain 50 pounds and wonder how it happened. Yeah. I mean, the name of the show is We Only Look Thin. Like, we're not genuine thin people. Like, I do not consider myself an actual thin person. I just look like one. I'm like pretending to be one. We're thinterlopers. Yeah, thinterlopers. I love that. 
I don't feel like I really am somebody who just, I'm definitely not somebody who is just naturally thin and can just kind of, you know, go where my body takes me and still maintain this. Like I have to keep on top of it and be mindful every single day, all day. Yeah. I think the bigger picture for me and the change in my perspective regarding treats is that I have an addictive personality. I like the idea of treats and the treat itself doesn't matter as much as the behavior. So for me, I could say in the past, hummus was my weakness and having a tub of hummus in the house just meant that I was going to eat more and more of it. But that hummus was just representative of me wanting to snack and eat and it's like that savory salt, whatever. So it's not the actual item that's the issue, it's the behavior. So for me, my indulgences are shape shifters. Sometimes it's sweet. Sometimes it's salty and crunchy. And for me, just knowing that I need to limit how much of any of that I have in the house matters. Because sometimes I can go two months without something being an issue. Like our daughter likes Cheez-Its. I don't really care about Cheez-Its. But then sometimes when I'm super snacky and I don't have anything else in the house, I'll shove my hand in the box. And so for me, just sticking to small portion packets, we buy small portions for our daughter, for her snacks, and for our hours, why bother tempting yourself with a giant bucket of Nutella? Like, why bother putting yourself in that position to see if you have the resolve? Yeah, when I was a lot younger and still lived at home, um, I would, you know, there would be times when I would like want to binge eat and I would go to the kitchen and there would be things in the kitchen I didn't care about, stuff that my mom liked or whatever. And I would still find myself binge eating it just because I wanted something to binge eat. And so, you know, I know that I still have the capacity. It doesn't really matter, like exactly what Catherine was saying. It doesn't really matter what the food is sometimes, but sometimes it is just the behavior. So I've learned even now, I don't trust myself to bring home like the family sized container of anything. Like I don't feel like I'm somebody who can bring home a large container of something and then portion it out into smaller things. You know, I have to buy the prepackaged, you know, single serve items of whatever my treats are. And I do consider myself now somebody who can moderate my treats. We did an episode, um, abstaining versus moderating battle of the century. <laughs> um, Forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, about, uh, about the ability to just, you know, I used to think I had to either like be all in or all out on certain treats. Um, and there may be some things that, that, you know, I will, that some people will never be able to even bring into their lives a little bit, but, now I consider myself somebody who can moderate, but I have to do it in the right way. And it's a mental game, but I have to bring home the small single serve package of things. I can't have something that's like just wide open that I can just easily reach into and grab because that is a recipe for disaster. Well, and I think too, you know, I think the change in perspective now because we are grown ups, is that I know you were saying like, I have to, I have to, but like, we have the perspective where we get to understand ourselves yeah. and we know ourselves well enough to just know that it's much easier to stick to our goals if we make it easy to stick to our goals. So for us, single serving, only bringing a limited amount in the house, we don't need a case of Coca-Cola. We'll buy a four pack. Yeah. Does it cost more? Yes, it costs more, but that's fine. Like I go to Costco. When we go to Costco, we I sort of joke about it. I buy healthy big bulk And then I don't buy big bulk five pound buckets of Nutella because I don't need bargain Nutella. 
nobody needs that. Yeah, and then, you know, buying that giant thing of Nutella, like, you feel a pressure almost to finish it. <laughs> right, well, oh, gosh, it's going to go bad. But, like, we're okay with high price, small portion treats. We know ourselves well enough to know those old habits, those old slippery slopes, canary in a coal mine things that lead us down a bad path. It is not worth it to me to tempt myself with giant portions like that. So for us, I mean, and I, I think we've said it before, that three strikes your out rule. Yeah, if I, I love that rule of yours. If I buy something and three times it totally leads me down a bad path, then maybe I just need to take a six month break from it. Maybe I need to pair We did an episode called Pairing is Caring. I do not bring delicious bagels into the house because for me, it just leads me down a path of eating two or three or four bagels. So for me, I pair it with a haircut. It's fine. And I still am able to keep it in my life in a mindful way. And I think that um, it's important to note that, you know, going off track one time uh, or, you know, bringing something home and realizing that there's, you know, that you have three strikes with it and then not bringing it home doesn't mean that you need to give up all your progress yeah. on your diet and exercise. It's what you do afterwards that counts. It's not an all or nothing like, well, I messed this up. I might as well just give up entirely thing. It's what you do after that 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 really matters. And I also think, and you said this uh, in the AMA, I think it is okay to reevaluate your food choices every six months or every year, like whatever it is. Like, you know, like me with Coca-Cola, like I was, I, there was a point where I wasn't able to have any in the house because I couldn't moderate it. And now there is a point. So there might come a time when, when things change, you know, we, we talk about on the show going through different seasons of your life and there might be a season where, you have to completely abstain from something, but that maybe down the road you will be able to moderate it. Well, and on a final note, I love final notes, and here we go. <laughs> Before we started recording, I told Donald I needed a minute because I needed to look up uh, first-degree murder versus second-degree murder and what that meant. And, yeah, uh, and I was uh, fearful for my life, but <laughs> it turns out it was for the show. It was, but that first-degree murder is the premeditation. I know myself well enough that if I buy bulk sweets at Costco, there is a very good chance it is going to lead to me overindulging on them. When I say I'm just buying them for our daughter, I know I am lying to myself. I do not need a giant bucket of, you know, 150 calorie Aussie bite. Oh, they're for yeah. our daughter. She'll be able to eat these for 30 oh, years for goodness. breakfast. Yeah. Because I'll just eat them all. Second degree is accidental. Oops, we went over to a friend's house and they had my favorite treat. That is gosh, I should know better and I should plan better. But bringing danger foods into my house is just not helpful. And so I know myself well enough to not do that now. We are grownups and we are students of our loopholes. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I think that uh, we, before we move on to the next one, we have done a few episodes uh, on this topic, uh, even more in depth. And I will link to them in the show notes if you're uh, interested in listening to us uh, talk even more about this topic. Yep. And they were... uh, the treats come out at night was one episode. We only look thin after dark. Oh yeah, I pairing love that is caring. You talked about abstaining versus moderating. So we have many, many, many ideas on this topic. Oh, and I also wanted to mention. Oh no, I don't know. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of self conscious about this, but when people start our podcast and they listen to the old episodes, oh my gosh. 
the like sound Victrola. quality. We were using like a really crummy microphone and didn't know what we were doing in in Mr. The same microphone. Way. Like we still record this in our living room, so it's not like a professional like studio, but it sounds way way better after about the first six or eight months. So oh my god, yeah, just stick with it. Yeah, yeah, stick with it. It does sound better later. Okay, so the next question uh, comes from, uh, and again, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I believe it's Macami14 or Macami14. What about McAmy14 or MCAMI14? Yeah, it could be (laughs) any of those things. Man, I'm not that good at this. Okay, uh, Amy, and I, I, uh, or McAmy, I don't know if that's right at all. Anyway, uh, I'm... uh, she, pretty sure this is a she, says, love the podcast. Yes. Thank you for being such an inspiration. And that is the end of what Yeah, we, we just have wanted to say, to say sh- they know what they're talking about. Uh, she says, identify my marriage with a lot of what you talk about uh, in your past, enabling bad behavior, loving to go out to eat. If one person is focused on being healthy, the other one may subconsciously sabotage, which is what we did for yep. many, many, many years. Um but we know it and we are working on it. I am wondering how you handle policing your partner. It sounds like you guys have just been laser focused for the last five-ish years, so it may not be an issue for you. But if my partner is trying to lose weight, I want to be supportive, so I might ask if he really wants that second helping. Do we really need to order dessert uh, after a decadent meal, etc.? But not sure if we should just each stay in our own lane. And I think this is a great question, and I think it's something we really haven't talked about that much on the show all so. so when we're talking about policing, I have to go back to my childhood and remember a Mr. Peter Brady, ah. who became hall monitor of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I don't know, of his school. For some reason, they appointed a hall monitor of the house yeah, or something? sure. But he got a little bit of power and kind of abused it and then ended up, uh, everyone hated him by the end of the episode. Yeah, it wasn't it's been a, good a while look for since my guy. I've seen it, but uh, I, I believe he alienated all of his siblings because the power went to his head there, and he was like overly handing out tickets. I think, there wasn't there a point where Bobby was just trying to like skirt the rules and thought Peter would let him off? Yeah, he and he didn't. Monitor. It did not go yeah, well. Yeah, it created lots of friction. It was like a Stanford experiment. It really got <laughs> dark. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but that whole thing of policing your partner who you love yeah. and cherish, it it led for many years, for, for about 20 years, uh, maybe a little less, it led to secrecy, yeah. resentment, and yeah. shame, the three pillars of marriage. Somehow we made it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, you know, I didn't even realize for the decades that I did Atkins and Weight Watchers and calorie counting, that secrecy and secret eating became a huge part of my life. I didn't even realize it was something that I was doing. Yeah, I used to hide in the kitchen from Catherine and eat stuff because I didn't want her to see me eating it because, you know, I I carried around this shame and, you know, she was doing the same thing. Yeah, I would throw, I would get McDonald's and then throw out uh, all of the food packaging in a dumpster before I got to work or before I got home. I would literally, and this is kind of how I started this part of my weight loss journey was I would pretend to be helpful 
and take our daughter's food into the kitchen to throw it in the waste disposal, which ended up being my mouth. And I would just (laughs) literally keep the pantry door open, which is near where the trash can is, and then just secret eat food. And I didn't know anything about the McDonald's for years. Uh, And I only kind of suspected about the eating our our kids' food in the kitchen. Well, anyway, but it's a hard thing to talk about. And now we don't ever stop talking about it. But I think that, you know, in the in the world of policing, terms like, are you going to eat that? Is yeah. that a good idea? Yeah. Honey, I thought you were on a diet. Oh, oh. That one just hurt my heart. And this has actually been said to me by people. Uh, I will not name the people, but you're never going to lose weight if you eat that. Yeah. You know, and that sense of shame and policing is no way to build a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been in those situations, too, where relatives just, you know, I, I would be on Weight Watchers and be counting my points and eat something. And the relative would be like, oh, I thought you were trying to oh my lose gosh. weight. I, you're not going to lose weight eating that. Well, and I've told this story before, too. But when I, I had lost about 20 pounds, I went out to... uh Something called a restaurant, which is a place that had chairs and tables where you could sit <laughs> and you eat. Could eat in public. And I had planned. We were at an ice cream shop, and I planned for lunch and a scoop of ice cream afterward. And the parent of the friend that we were having lunch with was like, "Well, you're going to have to skip dinner then if you eat that because oh. you're fatty, fatty, fat, fat." Like, oh my God. it was terrible, and I felt so much shame about it. And when anyone is policing what you're eating, it just makes you feel terrible. It makes me feel terrible. So what do we do? And I think that the best thing to do is when you are, and I'm using this word loosely in air quotes, sober, uh, when you as a couple are are not in the heat of, you know, being face down with some giant treat situation, you have a discussion and it can be difficult um, in marriages and relationships, but have a discussion about how you want the other person to police you, you know, so <laughs> to speak, or how you want, you know, what, what do you want to have happen when you're faced with these situations? Like, like, do you want the other person to say anything to you? Like, how do you want them to say it? And, you know, really think and try and plan ahead so that when you're in the real situation, you're not surprised and taken off guard and you're not using the wrong words that are going to trigger your, your you know, significant other in the moment. Right. And I think, too, you know, we've talked about on the show, too, Gretchen Rubin, who has been a big influence in my uh, happiness level over the last five years. She talks about the transition of going from being someone's coach to being someone's cheerleader. And I think when we try to coach others, especially when it's not, no one has asked you to be their coach, when you start offering advice up when it's not asked for, it can feel really judgmental. So becoming a cheerleader to your partner, I think is a much better way. And like Donald said, asking in the moment when you're not, you know, not when you're out to dinner, but before, hey, we're gonna go out to dinner tonight what's the plan? What's the strategy that we're both going to use together? Yeah, like speaking of uh, childhood, you brought up the ba- Brady Bunch. When I was a kid, I used to love the Pink Panther movies yeah. with uh, with Inspector Clouseau. And 
he had a sidekick named Kato. Oh my gosh. And he like they had this thing where like <laughs> he would ask Kato to attack him like out of nowhere so that he would have to defend himself. Right, but he would be like, Whatever I say in the moment, don't stop. Don't Just- stop. You have to attack me as if it's real. And then like Inspector Clouseau would like walk into his house or something and he'd be like, Okay, Kato, I know I told you to attack me no matter Please what don't. I said, but don't actually do it. So you have to be careful not to fall into that trap. But having that open and honest discussion ahead of time, I think really will head off a lot of uh, of issues. So I think back when I started losing weight this time, I was actually also listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast, which is a, a finance podcast. It might be a little extreme for some people, but one of the things he talked about in the financial world is instead of judging your partner's spending habits, talking about what you want your futures to look like together. Oh, it's yeah. not about the spending, it's about the future. So for me, and I think it, like Donald and I said, we talk all the time about what our future choices are going to be. Yeah, you know, but look, just to be fair, this is not something, this is something relatively new in our marriage. We've been married, you know, 23 years, and this has only been about the last, like, five years that we've really even started this. And even for the first year or so that, that, you know, we were both trying to get to our goal weights. I don't think we were really as open as we are now. Yeah. For sure. So for us, it's that pre-strategizing, like, hey, we're going to get pizza tonight. But honestly, my willpower is really weak right now. Can we skip dessert? And maybe have dessert next week after my time of the month. Yeah. Like, and we actually talk about it. And sometimes we don't agree on what we're going to do. But I think being sensitive to one another's headspace in the moment really does matter. And you would say things to me like, hey, I know that you were not planning to have an indulgent treat, but I would really like dessert tonight and I have planned for it. You know, is it okay if I go ahead and have that now? Because I don't, you know, otherwise I can just eat something, you know, when we get home because I don't want to, you know, push you into doing something that you don't want to do. Well, and I think too, we have decided on basic rules for ourselves. When we go out to dinner, it used to mean we're going to tank up. Like we're going to get a third entree to have later on. We're both going to get dessert. We're both going to get appetizers. And it was, we just saw it as an opportunity to gorge ourselves. Like gorge. I am not kidding. And yeah, I mean, for sure. It was just like, you know, hey, we're having this meal out. We better get the most of it because we might try and get back on a diet tomorrow. So I need to eat as much and as often as possible at this meal. Right. But now we have sort of strategies. I don't even, they've just sort of happened over time. I mean, it's not like we just have this like, this is the rule and this is what we're going to do. But it's like, if we're getting an appetizer, we won't get a dessert. If we're getting an entree, we won't get an appetizer. Like, we just sort of decide what our priorities are. And we can have everything, but not all at once. We will share a dessert. We will get appetizers and dessert, but no entree. Deciding in advance, like, okay, we're both going to get burgers, but we're going to share a fry. Like, instead of bulk, 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 bulk. It's, okay, well, where, what can we compromise on? And there's a mental part of this, too. Realizing that going out to eat doesn't mean you have to cram in all of your food enjoyment for the next year right. into that one meal. There will be other opportunities for treats. And, you know, I know this, I hopefully this doesn't come across in a negative light, but 
hitting my goal weight has allowed me to work more treats into my life yeah. because I can do it in a much more responsible fashion and I don't have to feel that guilt and shame anymore. And I never did, but I didn't know it at the time. Well, and two, I think for us, eat we used to eat out four or five, six times a week, including oh, yeah. weekend breakfasts and takeout and oh, delivery. Yeah. And for us now, the reason we're eating out is different than it was before. And I think understanding why you're eating out matters. For me, getting takeout means I don't have to cook and do dishes. And the food matters less right. than the absence of having to do dishes. So for me, going and getting a salad and sharing an appetizer just means I'm not having to cook and clean, which is great. But I'm not feeling like, well, I better get the shepherd's pie and the, you know, the chicken pot pie and the dessert and the lava cake and the whatever. So for me, understanding that the the joy of getting takeout is the not cooking. It's not having, like Donald said, you know, every indulgence ever created. And on top of that, it's not about that one indulgent meal. Yeah. It's about what you do next. And you know, we can have an indulgent meal and then get right back to our normal, yeah. you know, in air quotes, healthy, um, you know, weight management plan. And it used to be that we would, you know, be quote unquote good for a while or we would stick to a diet for a couple of months and then we would have one meal out and then just give up and it right. would be over. And it's really about the momentum and curbing that and, you know, realizing that one indulgent meal doesn't mean throwing away all of the progress that you've made, but getting right back on it. Well, and I think, too, the biggest thing you can do for someone that you love, one is lead by example, where you're just doing what you need to do. And it's not, you know, well, they're eating candy, so I should eat candy or, you know, we used to pull each other down pretty aggressively yeah you sort of like hey you wanna, meh, 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 like we would make that noise <laughs> and and now we stay in our own lanes in terms of like i close the kitchen at eight o'clock and i have my dessert and donald's having chips and candy and that's his choice and my choice is separate and it takes a while to evolve into understanding we don't have to eat the same things all the time sometimes when he's indulging a lot at night i've already indulged in the morning and planned out my thing and it's okay to eat you know eat separately or have different health goals at different times and not that we need to uh, do a deep dive on this right now but different people need different types of accountability. Yeah. And we've talked about before the uh, Gretchen Rubin four tendencies and realizing I think it's a really good idea to go and do that quiz, even if you don't like make it the cornerstone yeah. of your marriage or your relationship or anything, go and do the quiz and try and figure out what kind of accountability does your partner need because there are different kinds. There's the upholder, there's the rebel, there's the obliger, and there's the questioner. And each of those people needs accountability in a different way. And so figuring that out, figuring out what your partner needs. You know, there are some people who just do what they're supposed to do once they decide to do it. 
And then there are people who only do things because they're asked to do them because they feel like, you know, somebody else. Obligated to do it. Yeah, obligated to do that. And then there are people who like once they're told to do something, they want to do the opposite. Right. Um, And so figuring out what your partner needs uh, can be huge and has been really good for us. Oh, and then there are others, the questioner, which is basically me. Like I typically need a lot of data. Like I need to know like all of the reasons for things before I commit to something. And I've tried, even knowing that, I've tried to get better about not doing that over the last few years. But um, it can be really helpful in relating to your partner. Yeah. And to the the five love languages uh, has really also helped because for me, I like acts of service, which is one of the love languages. And if you understand that that is important to your partner, they might, and, and having a language around it helps. As a person who likes acts of services, like, how can I support you? Well, I can go shopping for you. I can pre-chop your vegetables for you. I can cook for you. I can portion out food. Like, there are different ways that you can support your your significant other without having to police because you can just add yeah. to their experience. For us, having quality time together matters. So we might walk to a restaurant where we're getting in exercise, we're going out to eat something, and then we're walking back home again. So there's lots of different ways to add healthy activity into your marriage or into your relationship without it being policing. And The Five Love Languages is a, a book that I will link to in the show notes. Um, uh, I'll link to a link to it on Amazon, and uh, you can check it out. It's uh, it's pretty interesting and has really been um, insightful uh, for me. I think it's really helped our marriage, you know, learning what motivates each other and like what sort of, you know, what love language that each of us has, like what we respond to has been really helpful. Yeah, understanding how you feel appreciated, supported, and in a judgment-free zone has really helped. And just because the way I need support, it doesn't mean it's the way Donald needs support. So having that better self-understanding, having a space where we, you know, like when we go on walks together or when we rebound, we talk about strategizing about how we need support in that moment, in that day, in that circumstance. We can do it in a non-judgmental way and really like I think that the culmination of all of this is we're trying to build a better life for each other. We're not looking at being better than one another or judging or who gets the award for being the most fit, most together, least. Yes. Like we want to age well. We want to support each other. We want to make it easy to support one another's goals. And we are, you know, learning every day how better to support one another, which just makes our marriage better, which makes it easier to eat, which makes it easier to not secretly eat. Like it just gets better and better the more you're able to understand one another. And you said it during the AMA, like we were on a path where we were both going to end up in wheelchairs yeah. and I was going to end up with or maybe both of us were going to end up with serious complications from diabetes and it's no longer a vanity project right. when we were young it was about looking good now it's really about aging well and and aging really well together and 
going into our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and hopefully beyond, and still being able to walk upstairs and go on walks and carry groceries upstairs and and really enjoy our lives and not just be wheeled around all the time. Right. Right now we're shut-ins because of COVID. Right. But before we were shut-ins because we were exhausted, overwhelmed, got takeout all the time, we were unfit, we couldn't even, I mean, just walking a block to Rite Aid yeah. was a big deal. And so we're aging in reverse a little bit and that it takes effort and time and consistency. But I want to be retired and mobile. I don't want to need a wheelchair by the time I'm 60 because we got so much takeout that my knees hurt so much that I can't go up the stairs. And that's what we were leading toward. So going back to that Dave Ramsey thing of what kind of a future do you want together? Yeah. And then start building your life around dreaming together instead of like getting out policing hall monitor charges. Like, yeah. you know. I don't think a marriage based on resentment, shame, and secrecy, not really sure that that's what people are writing about. So thank you very much for listening. Um, and we really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, you can uh, find all of our episodes wherever you found this one. Um, and they are always available at our website as well at weonlylookthin.com. And if you're at weonlylookthin.com, you can also find out more about our support group, Wolt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is a support group for women based on Facebook. You can click on join our support group and find out more about our two options for membership. And if you have questions for us, you can email us anytime uh, to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. Uh, we will eventually answer, uh, maybe not the uh, minute you write us, but we do eventually get back to everyone. And um, we uh, love to hear from you. We love to hear episode ideas from you. Uh, we'll answer questions to, just like we do on the AMA uh, right to your uh, email inbox. Um, so feel free to reach out. Yeah. And you can also follow us on the socials. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at We Only Look Thin. I'm actually thinking I might start tweeting more. Ah, Just start saying what I want to say. Yeah, I was, uh, I tweeted a decent chunk for a while, but I've really slacked off on I think, it, I admit. I think people need more of my comedy, and I think Twitter might be the place to do it. It might be. <laughs> uh, I follow a lot of comedians on Twitter. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, also, if you want to do something for us, we would really appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts, uh, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, um, uh, go there and give us a rating, preferably for five stars and a review uh, for every rating and review we get we get boosted in apple's search results when people are looking like uh looking for shows like ours so we would really appreciate it yeah so if you are in a relationship and still not sure whether it's better to be a coach cheerleader or a police officer just remember <laughs> that donald and i are an, an inspiration The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.